We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. All right. Well, Jordan, welcome welcome back. Um, <laughs> hello, hello. So oh, today, I'm um, to see. yeah, we see each other every day. Uh, so today, um, we, Jordan and I have a lot of good conversations in the shop just about, uh, I, I learned from her all the time, just about specifically canine behavior. And I kind of wanted to bring some of that to light today on this episode. So just kind of different things from uh, practicing neutrality and um, expectations for dogs, um, approaching dogs, canine body behavior, um, all these, all this, to me, it's really interesting all interesting stuff, and I think a lot of people will have it wrong. <laughs> Including myself. Yeah, I mean, like I'm still learning a lot. Like, uh, I feel like you know, ignorance is bliss, um, and you don't know what you don't know. You don't I, know what you don't know. Most people that have been around have heard me tell somebody, you know, I drive a car, but I don't know how to fix I have it. No idea what to do. I can now. put gas in it. I yeah. can windshield wiper fluid. I can even change my own tire. But like when the lights start going off, I'm calling somebody. Well, you- and I also have no idea to the point where I'm trusting that they're telling me the right information. Yes. You know what I That's mean? Important Literally. As well. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a really similar scenario. There's a lot of um, to your point, there's a lot of uh, differing opinions or information out there specifically with yeah, and I think yeah. I think there's so many dog trainers out there now, which I think is wonderful because there's an overabundance of dogs, and dogs are very, very, very easily accessible, um, and people need help, and you know, but also your your vibe attracts your tribe. So I think when if you are interested in getting help with your dog or something like that, it's important to find somebody who has similar values and things like that, or maybe does an activity that you're interested in, um, find somebody that you relate to. Um, probably your dog too. Like Absolutely. Uh, yeah. If, if you dogs. find a lot of, you'll find a lot of dog trainers kind of have a favorite type of dog they like to work with. Yeah, um, and they might kind of specialize in certain areas, um, which I think is great. Or, you know, if you have a hunting dog, you're going to go to a certain trainer. Sure. If you have a herding dog, if you have a, you know, a police dog, um, or if you have a, a service dog, you know right. what I mean? Everything that's totally different ends of the map. Um, or even just a pet dog, but maybe, you know, you have a working breed because I feel like most people do have working breed dogs as pets. You need to find something. Yeah, it's interesting, I guess. I and find somebody that, that you relate to because it's going to make it a lot easier for you, I feel like, to be receptive to the information yeah well there's like you said there's an abundance of dog trainers out there so it's hard to i know a lot of people that come to the shop have a hard time kind of drilling down what works best for them what there's a bunch of different models this is actually wasn't even on my topics to talk about today but there's a bunch of different models for trainers mm-hmm. and different philosophies and all these things so it's it's, it's hard to kind of ch- yeah get so the weeds but say if you are out there looking for a dog trainer or looking into something don't be afraid to do a little bit of digging or a little bit of asking around. 
Um, or don't be afraid to not have that first person that you go to be the person that you do work with. Just because people do a certain service or offer a certain service doesn't mean that it's going to, you know, jive with you. So something I guess I've never really thought about, but there are so many trainers out there. So oh my gosh, yeah. a lot of good points to think about. When and it's worth it too if somebody's a little bit further away to like take the time, you know what I mean? If you really sure. feel like you resonate with somebody, yep. follow follow through with that. You know what? I, we were talking about this in the shop the other day and I think it'd be nice because I think it's hard for people to retain all that information they get. Absolutely. Like when they're working with the dog trainer. For sure. Because a lot of people don't have that mindset just to like, just all of a sudden just flip themselves into their dog's minds. You know what I mean? Just put their dog in their dog's shoes kind of thing. For sure. It's hard to do if you're not used to that. No. I think physical packets or booklets would be the best <laughs> for me. I need like a little. A, I can do that for you, like a, a little weekly, how to, uh, like a weekly a training plan for me, not even for the dog. For yeah. me, yeah. Well, honestly, um, I think a training journal is a a great idea, anyways. So maybe even just you personally getting some kind of little notebook, and you can say, "Hey, this is the date. This is what we're working on." Yeah. Um, that's what we started doing with the nose work stuff. Summer was laughing at me. She's like, "I love that you're like a." pencil and paper kind of person because we didn't know what we were doing honestly we were watching videos and it i'm helps. like yeah well i'm like i'm not gonna remember next week again when no. we do this what happened last week down to the you know the little details oh 100 um and i think you know time goes by fast um and then you can kind of say too like next week then you know you can be like today we did blah 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 and then next time I want to do XYZ. So it's, when you get to next time, then you're like, okay, this is where I need to start. Yeah. It's so nice that, I mean, I take notes like when I, with, with her Juniper's training, like I'll, I'll take notes on my phone cause I'll forget. Like if I well, get, I'll, by the time I get home, I'll forget. I feel like the, the older I get, yeah. the more I realize anytime you start something new, no matter what it is, it's not going to make a lot of sense for like six months. Like literally, yeah. Like you're gonna do it, and you're gonna talk about it, and you're gonna like be like, "Oh, okay." Like maybe it's starting to click a little bit, but I feel like for the most part, it's not gonna become like feel normal, and you get into a little bit of a flow until you like do it regularly for like literally six six months. months. Yeah, yeah. So uh, make sure you find a trainer that you jive with, and your dog jives with. Take yeah. notes. Mm -hmm. Seek out ones that have packets. <laughs> Or whatever, be, be self-aware and know whatever works for you. If videos work better, great. Right, yeah. If FaceTime works better, perfect. If in-person works better. That's true. So a lot of trainers, whatever, you can record, like they'll let yeah. you just record the training session. And as you cool. should. I think yeah. you should. And take the time to actually go back through and watch it because is it boring? Yes. But boring training is like the best training, in my opinion, um, for longevity purposes. Um it's, you know, it's just, it is important. And that whole delayed gratification or knowing that you have to start small and it's a snowball. Like there's a, there's really a step-by-step -step kind of right way to go about it. Um, and then all the pieces should come together at the end if you kind of do things correctly. Trust the process. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then when you do say, okay, it's time for you to like, put it to the test, like, yeah. it should work for the most part. Yeah, consistency um, is key. That's what I'm learning. 
Stop guessing what's being added to your pet's food. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Steve doesn't contain any synthetic supplements or ingredients that can't be identified on the ingredient label. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. Girls Gone Raw is an Ohio business started by a girl with an uncontrollable passion for pets and all things natural. By combining this passion with extensive research, they begin making all-natural, carnivore-focused treats and chews that both pets and their owners will go nuts for. Check them out at girlsgonerawpet.com. One big thing I wanted to talk about today was just approaching dogs. I see a lot of people approaching dogs what I feel is the wrong way. Let me start with, I love people. <laughs> okay. That usually means this is a disclaimer. To okay. Some people no. no, I really I really do genuinely like I believe in the greater good of the people, okay? And of sure. the dogs too. Yeah. I feel like there is a general there is the intentions behind it are in the right place. Yeah. 100%. Um, let me just say that. But I do think that most people don't understand that the way they do approach or the way they do try to say hi to dogs um, is a very humanistic way to say hi or to interact. Um, and it's, it's not even that because you wouldn't approach. You wouldn't approach. I a was human literally okay, and now too, you know I was I mean? literally thinking about this, and not only that, but think about it being a person that doesn't even speak the same language as you. Yes. Like, imagine going into a room full of people that you don't know, and even Mm -hmm. if it's just a couple people, but still, that speak a different language somewhere you've maybe never been before, Mm -hmm. and they just come up and just start touching you. Yeah. I mean, anybody. (laughs) It's weird. Yes. And some people are going to be more tolerant. Some people aren't. Some people are going to be like, what the are you I'm just doing like, right I'm now? Of all like the reactions. That, and yeah, I think of all the people that I meet. Like think of all the people that come in the shop and all the different personality types. Yeah. And like imagine if you just try to like walk up and hug every single person. Yeah. Like what their reaction would be. Yeah. Some people would be like, "Okay, hey, what's up? Like love you too, bro." Um other people would be like, "Please don't ever do that again." Um or just stop you all together. Um yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously it depends on the dog, your approach. I think what we're talking about is people yes. that come up to dogs and they kind of have their hands out and all up in the dog's face. And The um, thing to me is, like, if the dog is even apprehensive at all, do not make your way towards the dog. Yeah. And especially if this is a one-off interaction, you're maybe never going to see this dog again. Or even if you are going to see this dog again, I feel like my rule of thumb is two to three times of you being around this dog and not interacting with it, they're going to start to build a relationship or build trust just by them knowing like, hey, they're not going to mess with me. Like They come, they hang out, they're cool. Having like a a, uh, practicing a, a neutral 
relationship just uh, just being in like the presence the of, best thing that you can do of, honestly of the dog or the dog being in the presence of you after a few times and you being neutral yeah that's a huge relationship builder, then I think. most of the time after that second or third interaction yeah. they're going to come up on their own yeah. and choose to then interact with you right um and at that point then it's appropriate um but a, then you have to be careful because vixen prime yeah. example yeah loves people She'll crawl up in your lap, hugs, yeah. kisses, the whole thing. Anomaly, because she's a cattle dog, so well, and I've never seen it. She's like very it. well bred, <laughs> and I picked her from a fantastic breeder yeah. because of her temperament. Yeah. And but if you come up to her while she's you know hugging you, whatever, and you start rough petting her, she's gonna growl she grow, in your face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because it's gonna instantly make her overstimulated. Yeah. Um, and she could bite you. Yeah. Because she loves to bite. Yeah. Um, and that's your fault as the person um in my opinion um one if you don't know that's not like entirely your fault but it's just like being careful like i feel like most people they want to see that reaction from a dog for them to know that the dog is excited yeah and it's like okay well the dog doesn't have to be overstimulated to like be happy yeah um most dogs are happy being content, and I would much rather see a content dog right. than a overstimulated. They're dog. happy just being being neutral. Yeah, I had a guy that came in in yesterday, that state as, of mind. In that state of mind, yeah, I had a guy that came in yesterday. Um, they don't have dogs; they have cats. Mm-hmm. So he came in, and Juniper is there, and um, she kind of goes up to him, and I don't know if it's because you know they're a cat family and they don't mm-hmm. have dogs, but he didn't really pay much attention; just mm-hmm. kind of you know walked by, put his just mm-hmm. kind of put his hand down there. Um, but did, Wait, was this didn't a even make eye contact. Delay? No, oh. really didn't make much eye contact with it. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, you know, which is fantastic, and it was great. And yeah. I, I told him I was like, I really appreciate that. Yep. And he's like, What do you mean? I was like, You just came in like totally neutral mm-hmm. and like, and uh, which is exactly what she needs, yeah. especially Juniper. Yeah, because sometimes people come in hot and she kind of reacts. Yeah, negatively. So well, there's a. A fantastic dog trainer, Michael Ellis. Um, anybody who wants to really get nerdy on dog training, uh, search him on YouTube. He talks about the best thing about being around other dog trainers is the neutrality. And not even just neutrality as far as like, oh, well, I'm not trying to pet the dog. But I've had somebody that you, I've been like, hey, no, like, sorry, this dog's in training. Mm-hmm. And they literally got down on the ground. And was like, oh my God, sweetie, I love you so much, blah, blah, blah. Like, like a foot and a half away from this dog. Yeah. And of course, then the dog's losing it. Yeah. It's like, lady, yeah. just because I said you can't pet it doesn't mean you get to do that. Right. Um, But he talks about how being around other dog trainers, they just pretend the dogs just don't even exist. Yeah. And like, for some people, you that just seems go cruel. about, no, and you just pretend like you go about life. Like, if you yeah. don't avoid, you don't go towards you just go about your natural movements and everything and pretend the dogs just don't even exist um because then it leaves the dog room for curiosity Mm -hmm. and building confidence and being able to i feel like examine the you know scenario time to to um, to process it it. yeah Yeah. absolutely um because these are animals yeah these are wild animals one less than one percent away from wolves yeah. that we invited to live in our house. Like, we have to be mindful of that. Ninety, they share ninety nine point nine six percent of their DNA. Um, they're actually a subspecies 
of, of the gray wolf. But um, you have Candace Lupus and then Candace Lupus Miller's. But you said something the other day that was very interesting. Um, you said petting dogs is not normal behavior for dogs. Yeah. That petting dogs, petting is actually for us. Yes. <laughs> like yes. we pet dogs we for pet our dogs. own yes. uh, benefits, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like, and of course in the wild, um, would dogs maybe like groom each other, things like that? Yes. But that would be like pack members that have been together for a long time, yeah. like Established relationships. dogs that have been together for years and years and years. Um, but as far as like physical pets go, um, I do. I have this conversation often. And again, you don't know what you don't know. It's not yeah. something that you would think about because as humans, we see life through our lens. Yeah. Um, and until we are told different or learn different, we don't know. But yes, physical pets is something that we do as us because we are very emotional creatures. Yep. And that makes us feel better. And now over time, that also does condition our dogs, you know what I mean? And they they release those same endorphins over time. But again, going back to that first interaction with a stranger, you have no idea who they are. You aren't sure what they're about. You're trying to figure them out. They're kind of, you know, rushing your space. And this is a very, like, dog-by-dog dog case. I would rather somebody come in and be on the side of, I'm going to be neutral first, and then if the dog decides to come and look like they want to interact with me, mm-hmm. but then also you have to be careful yeah. because some dogs will set you up Yep. and they'll look like they'll yeah. look like they're cute and cuddly and bite that they're going to come off. up or they'll wait till you turn around and bite yeah. your butt cheek or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's an interesting. I just feel like you have to be careful and most dogs aren't outwardly aggressive. I'm going to say that, but most dogs are apprehensive of some strangers. Yeah. And it could be a common theme with your dog. It could yeah. be they don't like men. They don't like people with hats. They don't like tall people. Um, Vixen loves most people, but like big, tall men mm-hmm. is very intimidating. Or older people, like older, older people. Yeah. She is like, whatever that energy is, she does not like it. So or even young kids too. Energy, Sometimes yeah. kids can make dogs weird. Yep. Um, and I think that's, that's yeah. a whole episode on yeah, itself. So, yeah, I don't want to um, dive too much into that, but maybe at but one point. But I guess just long story short, it's important to remember these are animals. And we, even though we are excited and I love dogs the most, I could talk about dogs all day, all night for a long time before I got tired of it. Yeah. But I also now through working with a lot of dogs and being around a lot of animals, there's just times that you just keep your hands to yourself. And yep. sometimes you just walk by and you just look from a distance, maybe out of the corner of your eye. Yeah. Not um, too much eye contact. Though. And and pay respect. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could be a really cool dog. Yeah. Could be a really cool dog. Um yeah. And, you know, you can look at that handler and say, hey, that's a really nice dog or really nice training or whatever. And I feel like especially if you do see a dog in command, pay respect to that. I feel like don't don't be that one to then just walk up or not ask to pet. Yeah. Ask to pet. Yeah. Always. Anywhere you are. Whoever you are. Not to pet. No, no. Always ask to pet. Always ask to pet. Yeah. No matter if it's whatever scenario, I feel like always ask to pet. And sometimes I will say, just because I, a dog is in public think, doesn't mean you should pet it. One hundred percent. 
I don't, um, and this is all stuff. And of course, I, we're not meaning to like to shame anyone here. That's this right. is this is uh, this is I, this is all stuff. I mean, I used to do all this stuff. I'm guilty. I, me too. I'm guilty for sure. Um, and I've just learned a lot just by just being in the shop and then being with you and Ella and just and, yeah. And training well, and this and is if else, you spend but, a lot of time around dogs too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something that happened. Uh, this is what you're saying reminded me of a story. I was with my kids at the park, and there's a beautiful dog. It's actually like a Native American Indian dog. Mm. One of those, yeah. I think, yeah, it was one of those. She's she's really sweet. She's yeah. pretty laid back, very awesome disposition. But they were saying that my kids could like pet her. But I could tell that this dog, this dog was actually practicing avoidance. Mm-hmm. He would, or she would go on the opposite side of the owner, depending on where my kids were. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, kids, like, like yeah, she's nope. she's doing the right thing. Yep. She's making, she's yep. she's, she's giving trying. me the sign yep. that she doesn't want to be. Yeah, she's she doesn't absolutely. And the family had like older kids. Mm-hmm. They have younger kids, so yeah. you know, it just it made sense to me. Well, and just because you have touch. kids, yeah, that dog sees those kids every day, right? All the time, mm-hmm. they live together, right? Now this is a new batch of children, yeah. That are excited. Yeah. And kids are chaotic. Yeah. Um, and that's, we that's talked about idea. this too, back to like human, the way humans interact. Now think about a child. You're trying to teach this child how to interact with the world. And so their go-to is going to be human interactions. Yeah. And that isn't necessarily conducive for dogs. Right. Um, if that some kids, you know, 80% of child bites under the age of five are to the face. Yeah, and they're also oh man, I, this reminds me of because uh, it's like hugging and loving and all of that, but they're like they're right there. Yeah, and they don't know what that looks like. Most of them are their own dogs too. And I think um, it is dog behavior is very interesting, and it could be very subtle. Um, and just like how you had noticed that dog moving away, it can be really really little things that we don't notice, and the dog could tolerate it. You know what I mean? You know, like. You could have sure. let your kids pet that dog, and the dog may have tolerated it. Yeah. Um, but I think putting your dog in those type of scenarios, um, unless it is specifically a training, something where you're desensitizing and you're doing yeah. it properly, um, it's just not I worth it. My point of the story, too, is that sometimes the owners don't really— They don't. They might not they don't know, know all their dogs, too. Or no. maybe that's not that—I don't want to say they don't know don't. their dogs, but maybe they don't understand um, canine behavior as much as— they think they do. And right. so sometimes it's good for you to pick up those signs, which leads me to my next question. Not question, but really topic, which mm-hmm. is, is canine body behavior. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Our friendly professional team helps us offer your pet conventional medicine, surgery, and dentistry, as well as integrative options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, cold laser therapy, pulsed magnetic therapy, and ozone. We have recently added PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and stem cell therapies. These new therapies increase our philosophy of regenerative medicine and are often used for arthritic conditions but have many other uses as well. We are strong believers in the use of wholesome, fresh foods and raw foods since healthy diet probably accounts for 75% of your pet's health. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or the web at www.lifetimepetwellness.com or call 614-888-2100. We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who help make the Fangs and Fur podcast come true. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's? 
their whole food ingredients. They don't use any synthetics and it's real simple. When they come into Fangs and Fur, I'll always pull out a box of Steve's Real Food and I'll show them what's in their food. So come into our shop to learn more about Steve's from Anthony or visit stevesrealfood.com. So I think a lot of the, the big- This is fun stuff. The big thing with this, what I've learned from you- Yeah. Is just because a dog's wagging his tail does not mean he's happy. <laughs> Mm-mm. And this is so true because if you, could be if, really you look at, if you look at like uh, if you if you could YouTube uh, African uh, painted dogs or wild dogs and if they are on a kill or if they're hunting or if they're eating a carcass, guess what their tails are doing? Going 100 miles Going an hour. Miles an hour. You know, <laughs> they're mean? having the best time of their they're life. They're excited, but not yeah. in, a, in a friendly way. They're the excited most primitive way. In, yeah, extremely primitive way. So um, it depends. I mean, I think there is a point. Dogs do wag their tails I yes. think, pretty low, right? If they're, yeah. if they're mo- majority and it's of the time. a it's a more like fluid motion, right? Uh, it's not up high and like mm-hmm. really fast, right? Stiff, but yep. there's there's certain things like that that mm-hmm. I think are important to to know. Yeah, and this now comes with spending time with a lot of different dogs. Yeah, and this is why I don't blame people when if they have a family dog or they're only around their personal dogs and their family dogs and things like that. Maybe you're only around a handful of dogs, and unless you really, really watch your dogs too and interact with them a lot, there may be really subtle things that you don't pick up on. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing with dogs, the amount of gray area. Mm. So behavior could be different at home and different at a park and different at your neighbor's house and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, yes, I do think there is a lot of – what people call like displacement too, um, where certain behaviors, even like yawning, um, that's a sign of stress. It could be a sign of stress. It could, um, you know, um, sneezing. That could be a sign of like submission. Yeah, I was reading about the yawning uh, the other day. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, shaking. You know how dogs will do like a full body shake? Now that could be them say they first meet somebody or they meet a dog and they kind of step back and they shake that's like a kind of a submissive behavior Mm -hmm. um or like a after stress kind of um yeah which even uh which is another one like sometimes dogs uh really submissive or scared or fearful will lay down and kind of present their bellies yeah and then what do people think oh this dog wants me to scratch his belly Right. But no, he's just terrified. He's terrified. Yeah. Yeah. And which that could lead to a bite as well. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Or the dog like pees itself or something. Yeah. It just um, to a negative. For it's sure. Just, it's hard. It's, it's, yeah. It's difficult to right. navigate. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Especially like fear behavior. Fear can be very, very tricky. Um, submissive behavior can be tricky. Um, but also dogs that have aggressive tendencies, that body language can be tricky sometimes. Um, Even just watching for subtleness, like the dog goes from like, (sighs) yeah, (laughs) that's not good. That's a good sound effect. That's literally not good. You know what I mean? Like when they're going from like happy-go-lucky to then all of a sudden like the mouth goes closed, Uh um, not good. Or anytime I feel like dogs a lot, their ears, um, from me being a weird horse girl, um, you'll learn horse body language and you have to for safety. Yeah. <laughs> um, but your ears are a big telltale for horses. Um, and I think that there's a lot of similarities with dogs as well. Um, yeah, I'm seeing that with, I'm seeing that with Juniper because Mozzie kind of has 
you know, floppy your ears. Yeah. But he can he can move them around a little bit. And there's I can definitely tell him like pin back and stuff. But Juniper yep. it's even more present because yeah. she's got perked ears. But but yeah, I mean there's but there can be like they're back when they're excited. Um but especially like up ears or when you see like wrinkles in the forehead, that's definitely when dogs are very alert. Um hackles, I mean, a lot of people see when their dogs put their hair up. Um oh, yeah. that's definitely overstimulation. Right. Um and that doesn't always necessarily mean fear. Um but it's definitely overstimulation for sure. But again, yeah. the tail wagging, um, especially high stiff tail wagging, yeah, that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, um, or that dog is over interested in whatever is going on. Right. Um, yeah. So the tail is a, a good indicator, and also a common misconception. Um, ears, another thing to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but anytime, like if you were to go to like reach for a dog because people think they need to like stick their hands out, which the dog can smell you. A dog can smell. This is a good a point. Yeah. Tablespoon of sugar in an Olympic size pool. Yeah. A tablespoon of sugar in an Olympic size pool. So what you're saying is I don't need to put my hand out for them to smell it. You don't need <laughs> to be touching them. They smelled me before. They you smelled did. you as soon as you walked in the door. I saw them. Yeah. Um, which goes to my favorite saying of, "Do you smell my dogs on yeah. me?" <laughs> That's what every person says, yeah. and I probably say it too, honestly. If you want to spend a lot of time around dogs or you want to learn to properly interact with dogs, one, always err on the side of caution to hang out around dogs, hang out around dogs and just watch them because there's a lot of, you know, when they posture forward and they'll puff their chest up and things get alert or, you know, again, like dogs being submissive and watching them kind of figure each other out of like what role do they play and how do they interact, things like that. But I think a good go-to is always remembering like this is an animal at the end of the day. And especially if it's not yours, then always be respectful to even ask, you know, I think – what's the best way for me to interact with your dog if I want to pet it? You know what I mean? Like if I didn't know you being like, Hey, does, do they like treats? You know what I mean? Something like that. Or even, yeah, she loves toys. Right. Play sometimes is way better than just somebody trying to physically pet the dog. Yeah. Um, Especially if they don't know the dog. Right. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family. And that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. At Girls Gone Raw Pet Health, our goal is to provide unique, nutrition-packed, carnivore-focused, dehydrated treats and chews that your pets will go nuts over and that you can feel confident feeding them. We hand-select only the highest quality human-grade meats, foster relationships with small, generational family farms, and scour the market for the freshest, most unique products. So get fresh and go raw with us. Follow us on social media at Girls Gone Raw Pet Health for nutrition tips and industry news, and find local retailers and shop online at girlsgonerawpet.com. This this leads into my next like my next point my closing point is being your dog's best advocate and this is something Absolutely. that is hard for me sometimes it can be hard it, it's hard to say no to people 
Yeah. You know, but it's a good point. You you said this to me the other day, and it's something I've been thinking about. But it can come off brash. You know, I mean, you're telling someone like, if they can I pet your dog, and you're like, no, no, <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And you can say sorry. Um, and even talk to that person. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and I think it's worth it. This is where, to me, telling people why can be helpful. And it can be helpful not in a, just in the sense of in that moment, then they're going to understand why you said no. Yeah. But then for future times when they see other dogs that maybe are training or look like they're training or something like that, then they might be like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't a time that I should ask to pet this dog or, you know, something along those lines. Um so I think it is important for us that have dogs that are maybe have reactive tendencies or things like that, um, that we do take the time to say no and to educate people. And just because our dogs are in public doesn't mean that they're there for everybody to pet, um, which I know can sound kind of harsh, I guess, to people that get their feelings hurt easily. But um, <laughs> it is hard. It is hard to hear. If it you is ask, hard. If you no, and I mean that. I and I mean that from no. the best place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I, I love people. I love dogs the most, the absolute most. Yeah. And there's nothing I want more than. There's nothing that feels better than having a dog, especially a dog in public that you know and can trust to say yes, you can pet this dog. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you don't, you have to be the one to say no. Because it's not worth it to, it's not worth it to not say no and for your dog to have a bad experience. Because you're supposed, your dog's supposed to be able to trust you. Like yeah. you are the one person that your dog is supposed to look to. That no matter what is happening, you're gonna take care of them. And if you keep putting them in bad scenarios, then they're not gonna trust you. And then they're gonna go to then making their own decisions. Then that could then be negative you know, choices and it's not always desirable, but that's just dog behavior. Yeah. You don't want to, uh, allow re repeated bad. Yes. And behavior, now if you do really want to work on it, because yeah. I think that training is important. Practice is important. Sure. We talk about this a lot. There is a right way to go about teaching your dog how to interact with people, but it goes back to then every scenario is different. And you could anticipate that your dog might be okay and your dog is not okay. Or your yeah. dog starts out okay and then you quickly see this dog is not okay. Yeah. And so then you have to tell people. And sometimes it can be hard. And it you can try is. to yeah. be nice about it. But I have found the more you try to be nice about it, the more people are like, ha ha, it's okay. And yeah. I'm like... No, I'm telling you to stop. Yeah. That's what that means. No means no. <laughs> yeah. No means no. no means no. But like when you try to be like, oh, it's okay. People are like, oh, no, yeah. it's okay. And it's like, no, no, no. no that no. means stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sometimes That's when you point. just go to like, hey, I think you need to stop. People are like, all right, copy that. And it does feel weird at first, but it just takes practice. It does feel weird. And, it, you know, the um, – But I feel like people I was guilty of this. I was it. guilty of this with Juniper. I still am. It's just a hard thing for me to, to uh Hard conversations to are hard, hard conversations. anytime. But it's it also – Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> but that's also – I got to do what's best for her. She, you know, um, like I remember, you, you know, this. Like I wanted to get her, um, you know – 
introduced all these different dogs and, I know. and it was like and and she was she was acting negative negatively every time now i'm just now i'm just repeating that bad behavior yeah. and now it's become a problem you know what i mean so well and i think this is a prime example of you had the best intentions and i think because of mozzie not being like not that he's like not social but he's he's kind of your old man you know what i mean he yeah. like and but you know him and he can hang out, he's a breed. but he has his tendencies. He's selective. He has his tendencies, yeah, yeah. Um, just like any dog. Yeah. But I feel like with her, you were so desperate for her to be social that we could have been more careful, and it it wasn't necessarily as careful, and now yeah. we're kind of trying to fight from behind a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yes, going to the neutrality part of it, as to me, neutrality is everything yeah. because – if you have a dog that can be neutral in any environment, that dog can go anywhere. Um, now, if your dog has a few people or dogs that they hang out with, it's just like us. I think about friends and family. We have our friends and family, and that's who we're comfortable with. That's who we hang out with. That's who we interact with. Um, and do we interact with people outside the bubble here and there? Sure. But it's kind of the same for dogs, too. Like, they have their friends and family. Being yeah, neutral, yeah, it. it's it's just like that's probably the most important thing about this this whole episode is and, just be neutral. Well, yeah, you want your dog to be neutral. You want to be neutral, have neutral energy, right. especially when when introducing yourself to a dog. Well, I think it's cool um, when like we have the dogs at the shop, like when we have a bunch of dogs at the shop, yeah. or other friends of ours come with their trained dogs too, and we have dogs in command. And the shop's not very big, not very big at all. And we could have five, six, seven, eight dogs in there under control. Including puppies. Um, including puppies. And it takes practice. But that neutrality to be able to say, okay, you know, you're on place over here. You're on place over there. You're in a down over here. And respecting each other's boundaries, moving out of the way when certain dogs come through, things like that. Um, not letting dogs interact. Yeah. Even though our dogs are friends, we even yeah. say our dogs are friends. We'll make them sit together for a picture, yeah. but we won't even let them sniff each other. Yeah. We'll literally make them sit next to each other for a picture, but tell them no if they try to sniff each other. Yeah. Um, that's how much we practice them being neutral. And, of course, if there's times where you have dogs that can interact, I'm all for that. And I think there's certain times and places, but on-leash meetings is definitely a no-no. And one-off interactions and dogs saying hi to each other to me is never worth it unless it's you're going to be spending a week together with your family on vacation or yeah. something like that you know what I mean there's certain scenarios where I would be yeah. like okay let's do this but yeah. most of the time if you're just like out and about somewhere and you just like see another random dog like yeah. just hey yeah well you know, I think cool. everyone wants to you know so this brings me to that one what we were talking about before but you know, 80% of dogs are, they have their, what's the word? I guess they're, they're breed selective or dog selective, yeah. right? And then you have, you know, I guess 10% that that are extremely aggressive Well, and, and 10% that are extremely friendly. Absolutely. And most people see that 10% that are really friendly and think that their dog should be in that 10% right. too. But listen, or they want their dog to be that 10%. Or they want their dog. You know, it's like... A lot of doodles are like this way. So we see a lot of doodles out there and they're happy and they want to meet everyone and everything right. that walks by. Mm -hmm. But most dogs aren't aren't like that. And we right. try to put them in that category, but they're they're just yeah. not. 
But even that, like, overstimulated, like, even too friendly a lot of times is actually really rude. So to me, I feel like, you know, you might be like, oh, well, he's just excited. Well, it's like, okay, well, if he jumps on top of my dog, my dog's going to rip his face off. So, but if he was calm, she might be cool. Um, So I think even that, like, can be misconstrued sometimes where people are like, oh, he just wants to go say hi. And it's like, okay, well, that's not always, like, the most conducive way to, like, have your dog interact. There's, like, a certain energy, I think, when dogs, it's like that certain state of mind. You know what I mean? They're not overstimulated. They're not overinterested. They're, you know, they're just there. They're existing. It's almost like a meditation almost. There's like a certain vibe, and I feel like that makes it a lot easier for like other dogs to come in and kind of match that vibe as well. Um, and this is why I think, you know, having other people around you with trained dogs and neutral dogs is really important because dogs really do learn from each other too. And I think there's a lot to be said about getting together with other people and getting around other people and taking the time to be patient because. It's always the first little bit of being around or being in a new environment that's always the messiest. Um, and that's when we're going to be most apt to want to, like, just throw in the towel and get out of there. Or yeah. not even want to be there altogether. Right. Because you're like, my dog's going to be a shit show for the first, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but you got to get it's, through that. There's exactly. going to be a period of time where your dog's going to be a shit show and then they won't. Yeah. Um, I was talking about this with with Kelly. She came in the shop yesterday. And she had her <laughs> Joby. It's very her. It's very similar. I, I, very said, very similar I said, behavior. That's great that you had her in here. And yeah, maybe she was a pain in your ass for twenty minutes or something like. But that's good that you yeah. did. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's good it's for her. tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's another thing to be said too. With training is like you know incremental stress is very good for us and it's very good for our dogs. Yeah. Um, again, there's a right way to go about it. Dogs live for a long time, and we're going to live for a long time. And you minimizing the stress and maximizing the relationship and potential of things that you can do with your dog. Um, Honestly, dogs are super underrated, and people don't do enough with their dogs. And there's so many cool things that we can be doing. And, you know, let's let's make them the best. You know what I mean? That's what we're here for. That's what we have them for. Like, we, we should be the best ourselves and make our dogs the best they can be, too. So to close this up, what are things that people should work on? We talked about um, just approaching dogs, so practicing patience, your energy, calmness. calmness. Yes, yeah. energy cus- is everything. No, not to energy not to bring this everything. on, but we had a customer that came in the other day, just came in hot, man. <laughs> Too hot. He always does. Just comes in hot. I love this guy, but comes yeah. in hot. And Juniper started barking at him. Literally pissed herself. Yeah, because yeah. she was terrified. And it wasn't. He was being friendly and everything, but just yeah. his energy was just like. Whoa. And then he's like, "Is it yeah. my hat? Is it yeah. this? Is it that?" And then it's like, "No, it's yeah. it's the whole chaos. Yeah. It's the whole so, thing." You know, uh, take a deep breath, be neutral. You and know what I mean? some very dogs sensitive. would love that. Yes, some dogs would be yeah, super psyched for that. So yeah. that's what it always goes back to. There's yeah. so much gray area but when it comes to dogs. Being being neutral and being calm, every dog is going to respect that. Yes, every dog right. is going so. to respect that. Yes, you'll be much more likable if you're more neutral and calm for sure. Um, and then go from there. Always err on the side of caution and ask to pet. Always ask to pet. Always ask to pet. Even um, if it's a puppy. Understand um, dogs' body behavior, too, just because they're wagging their tail. Being, just being aware. Being happy. aware. 
Just be aware. Be aware. Um, and just start to be gut. mindful. I think a lot of these times, like when you look at this, just trust your gut. You know what I mean? Just start to be mindful of when you're interacting with stranger dogs. How do they respond to new people in the environment? Are they yeah. coming up to you? Are they tail wagging? Are they relaxed? Are they excited? Um, are they jumping on you? You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like overexcitement is pretty easy to see. Yeah. Um, but that apprehension slash potentially not friendly is kind of hard to detect sometimes. Right. Um, and it could be situational. 100%. Again, yeah. it could be you come in too hot, that dog could bite you. Every dog You is come different. in nice, calm, cool, and collected, yep. and the dog will let you walk by. And then lastly, be your dog's best advocate. For sure. Don't be afraid to say no. Self-awareness is important for people, and it's important to really get to know your dog. Yeah. Um, get to know your dog. Get to know what things, minimizing stressors. And I'm not saying put your dog in a bubble and never let them do things. Yeah, minimizing stressors, which could be minimizing Which could be and training. Dogs. Yeah, yeah. Minimizing stressors because but the your stressors dog, could be other people and dogs. Absolutely, yeah. or certain people and certain dogs, certain, certain environments. Certain dogs. Right. Um, certain environment. yep. And dog parks are a lot of times not the right environment for dogs. Yeah. Um, even though that's our go-to because we don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Um, get on YouTube. Yeah. Look at some brain games. Look at some exercises. Look at some something. Get out. Go for a walk. Spend more time being present with your dog i think yes be your dog's best advocate um and it comes again with being a smart owner knowing your dog um and find things that really make your dog happy too you know what i mean fulfillment is really important so getting to know your dog and each dog's going to be different in the things that they like but providing them that fulfillment as well i think is really important yeah good point That's and good point don't be afraid to spend more time on leash really absolutely Always back to the basics. I feel like as a dog trainer or as somebody ha who has... I was just saying that because I don't think I've ever seen your dogs on a leash before. I know, but then like <laughs> when I put Chewy on a leash the other day and I left yeah. and you were like, she was so good. She, she never got up all day. I, I said, it's know. because she had a leash on and it barely, it was like a necklace. It was barely even on her. It's just placebo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think if we're ever coming to a point where we're frustrated or we're stuck... We need to go back to the basics because advanced obedience, if you want to call it that, is just the basics done really, really, really well. Yeah. Um, and it just takes practice. So just like anything, it's about the repetitions, the consistency, consistency. Um, being I'm smart about so the important. things and being intentional about the things that you practice, too. If you find that you really struggle with something and you do want to get better about it, find a way to practice it and don't be afraid to mess up. Um, that's how you learn. So things, you know how you figure out what does work? When you figure out what don't work. Yep. So don't be afraid to get out there and try some things yep. um, and talk to people. Yep. Um, you're going to make mistakes. That's for it's, sure. It's inevitable. Yep. And you're not going to mess up your dog. Um, yep. You have the best intentions and roll with the punches and that's how it goes. Sweet. Just do stuff. Do, do st dog do stuff. stuff. If you learn anything from this episode, it's do stuff. Hey, that's a good place to start. You know what I mean? We could talk about it all day, it but is. it's not anything until we what else? What other trademark it. statements did you make today? Your uh, vibe attracts your tribe, or yeah, what your, what's your yeah? Uh, your vibe attracts your tribe, your and energy tribe. is everything. Energy is everything. I cool. can do it all day. Thanks again for uh, coming. We'll I know this soon. has been fun. Yeah, I like it. Thanks. We like it too. 
Thanks, guys. Thank you. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.